time to talk big tech in this 360 round. And for that, Andrew Wang is with us, managing partner of Runnymede Capital Management, and Nathan Peterson, director of derivatives analysis at Schwab Center for Financial Research. It's great to see you both. So, Andrew, let's start with you. Your thoughts on this group? Um, you know, it was always a favorite, then pulled back. Though Apple really bucked the trend the other day when everything was selling off. Andrew, where do you stand on this? Hi, Nicole. So good to be here. I, I think that the hyper concentration of returns in the S&P 500 that we saw last year has just been a lot less this year. The FANG stocks have contributed around 3% of returns in 2021. That's down from 24% last year. Google and Apple have outperformed the S&P, Google really being the big story, up over 70%. And that's just a huge return for a $1.6 trillion market cap company. Ah, okay. So what are your thoughts as you take a look, Nathan, at this group? Uh, good morning, Nicole. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's easy to see why, you know, Wall Street's in love with, uh, you know, these names as you look at their, uh, their performance as well as their uh, growth trajectory and that kind of thing. I would say this, though, within FANG, there does seem to be some, you know, discernment between this group. I don't know if it's going to be going up exactly in the same manner that it has over the past couple of years. There's really, um, you know, like Andrew mentioned, uh, Google, Microsoft, Apple looking really good. Uh, when you go to something like a Netflix, Facebook, or even Amazon, um, technically, those are a lot more challenged. And I think when you look at the earnings reports on Facebook and Amazon, there have been kind of a little bit of some question marks there. And I think uh, what that might lead to is with these big companies, there's not a lot of discount for the law of large numbers. So if you're an investor in this space, you got to ask yourself, are we approaching peak growth or um, is that something that we need to watch out for in the coming year? Yeah, I think that's a fair question. Andrew, um, you decipher between every name in the fang. They're not all the same, right? That's ab absolutely right. And what I like here is that with Google, for example, this is not performance based on eyeballs or land grab metrics of the past. Alphabet has generated $65 billion in revenue in Q3. That represents a 41% year-over-year growth. So these are big numbers. One other thing that I like to point out is that while FANG, while FANG valuations are not cheap here, current price-to-earnings ratios are not at the extreme seen during the internet bubble or the nifty 50 of the 1970s. I'm glad you brought that up. Right. Remember, I mean, we, we remember uh, the internet bubble. So the names that you would pick over the other names would be which ones? The names that I would pick and over the others? I think Google looks good here. Uh, Facebook probably among the group is in the near term, maybe one to, to stay away from due to regulatory risks. but. The bull case, of course, over the long term, as reflected in the name change, is that Zuckerberg is investing a lot of money into a virtual reality future. Right. And then, uh, Nathan, you did talk about some of the risks and uh, started to elaborate on them a little bit. As the group for technology, um, I guess the whole group faces some risk, particularly with rotation. But there always seems to be the theme that you can't leave out tech only because that's what's happening for the next decade. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it, it, the funny thing is a lot of these stocks are seen as safety plays now, which is kind of, you know, funny given their, their market capitalization. And, you know, you could argue, hey, well, look what the, the share prices have done and, and look at um, uh, basically the, the, the love for the share, that the shareholder base has for these types of companies. But, you know, Andrew mentioned the nifty 50. I think we need to take a step back 
and just realize that it almost seems at the time that you have those companies like a Sony, like an Eastman Kodak, et cetera, that at the time you can never see that they would actually be dethroned by anything. And that seems to be the case for this group. But if you take a look at a valuation metric, uh, Buffett's valuation metric of the market capitalization of US stocks to GDP, we're at 210% roughly. At the dot-com peak, we're at 150%. So that's just something to keep in mind. I think it speaks to a lot of this money flow. Um, yes, we're moving into this more digi digitalized economy. There's a big uh, generational shift that's going on. So it's easy to see why those names are there. But when you look at the valuations, no, they're not as high as they were back in the dot-com, but they're also not really at a discount for that, that given the size that they are. So that's something you need to be right, mindful and of, we I believe. Yeah, and you just showed the uh, forward-looking PEs, concerns about whether or not this is an overcrowded trade, too. Um, Andrew, your final thoughts on this group. I mean, a name like Apple, for example, there was some concern about the iPhone 13 demand this week, um, only to see it still gain, though today it's actually finally probably turning into the red. Um, are you as concerned about the overcrowded trade, the forward-looking PE, which in some cases, I mean, I think Nathan makes a great point, some are pretty frothy. Yeah, if you look back, it wasn't that long ago when the high-tech sector was nicknamed high-tech high-rec. It, it was a high-risk high area. But today, uh, as was just mentioned, it's unusual that the large-cap high-tech space is considered a safe haven. Uh, it makes some sense because their businesses do not stop with the economy, at least not to the extent of retail restaurants and travel. In our view, the difference here is that the stay at home of 2020 could look very different from what happens next year. And if we're seeing pent up demand today, if some of that demand normalizes next year, inflation can cool down, GDP growth slows, and of course the Fed could be hiking interest rates, that historically is not a good time to own tech. So in that scenario, FANG stocks are, are, are vulnerable. Okay, and then the final thought from you, Nathan, as we take a look, and you factor in everything else that's going on. We get a lot of economic numbers in. Um, you look at the values of these stocks. Your final thought going forward, Nathan. Yeah, well, I think it's a, a, an interesting point about the, the higher interest rates. The bond market certainly isn't really responding to uh, the concerns about uh, uh, Powell you know, being more aggressive in his rate hike, but... I think that a lot of these fang names in tech overall, the reason that they've been able to justify the valuations, the reason you can bring up that Buffett indicator is because the 10-year has been so low as it has at 1.4%. I think Andrew's exactly right. Yeah. If you're uh, projecting higher interest rates next year, watch out for these higher growth names. Look at, you know, look at what they're doing to software and DocuSign uh, today when they sniff right. out some of those uh, deceleration and growth. So just be mindful of that next year. Nathan Peterson, Schwab Center for Financial Research, Andrew Wang of Runnymede Capital Management. Thank you both very much. Nice to see you and nice to chat about Fang and more. Appreciate it.